It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still watching Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, know your enemy uh, for week five. Pittsburgh Steelers versus Philadelphia Eagles. I am Michael Beck. Joined this week with Brian Anthony Davis and Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, Brian, we uh, ended part one just kind of talking about uh, the Eagles receivers and their kind of injury problems. Uh, on the flip side of that, on the Steelers defense, uh, our secondary was kind of hyped to be one of those kind of top five units coming into this season. So far, I haven't really done anything all, all that flashy. Uh, and in some instances, people could say have kind of been possibly the weak spot on this defense. Do you think they can kind of return to form of, uh, of the 2019 Steelers secondary uh, and could potentially Minka Fitzpatrick have a bigger impact uh, in this game? You know, I actually think Minka Fitzpatrick is having impact on the season. And I, I feel like it's a positive impact, but he's doing different things than he did last year. Remember, you don't have Mark Barron in there. You're seeing him cheat up a little bit. You're seeing a, a lot out of him, and it's not as flashy as it was last year. But remember, teams are not attacking. If you look at the last eight games of last season, he didn't have interceptions in that game, but they also threw, to, they threw his way twice in the last eight games because they remember the five interceptions in the six games before that for the Steelers since when he came over in week three. So I'm not as concerned about Minka Fitzpatrick and the uh, defensive backs as a whole. I think that uh, they're just getting started. I think the rust is coming off. Uh, I remember I always talk about the first three weeks of the season, especially with COVID uh, being in the equation this year as their preseason. Their preseason was supposed to uh, be over at the end of 
at the end of uh, week three. So the rust is off. It's time for them to uh, get started. They have been left on an island a little bit, if you ask me as well, because you have teams that in you have the running backs that they have faced in the first three games. David Johnson, we know all about him, pro bowler. Melvin Gordon, former pro bowler. Saquon Barkley, all world when he's healthy. And they've limited those guys. They completely limited those players because they they game planned around it. And when you have your front seven paying all that attention to those players, then those guys in the secondary are going to be left all alone to fend for themselves. And teams feasted on it. They're going to get yards. Every NFL team is going to get yards. But the Steelers are not letting you get those yards rushing the football. Where you're getting the yards is, is passing the ball. And my biggest concern about the Steelers playing the Eagles this week, right end, and Brandon already talked about Zach Hurts, but I'm more concerned about Carson Wentz throwing the ball to his running backs because the Steelers get torched on that. You know, as bad of, as bad of a game that uh, Saquon Barkley had against the Steelers in week one, he was pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And the Steelers get caught with their pants down when that happens as well. Now, Brandon, with our uh, with our secondary or kind of defense as a whole, how, how do you think the Eagles need to attack this unit? Where's kind of the weak spots? And what does this kind of offense have to do uh, in order to move the ball against the defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's funny because it's like it's, it's in such a naughty good shape that the options really aren't abundant. Um, I really think they almost have to play, and I hate that I'm saying this because for too long now, the Eagles have played this station to station, you know, dink and dunk down the field. It takes like 16 plays, and sometimes they have to settle for three points, and it's just like excruciatingly boring to watch. It is a terrible aesthetic, um, but they might have to really do that to win this game. I mean, they might have to just kind of go on these drives, not make mistakes. You know, obviously, I, I just and Carson Wentz has obviously made a lot of those. He already has seven interceptions. He's thrown only seven interceptions each the last three seasons, so really not a good uh, start for him in that regard. Just has not been good. And there's, there's been accuracy issues in there. There's been decision-making issues. So you can't turn the ball over. You almost have to be a little bit conservative. Um, you have to pick your spots with those kind of shots down the field like they did against the 49ers. Um, it would be great to get Miles Sanders involved in the passing game, uh, as Brian kind of talked about there. Um, obviously, you know, a, a Pittsburgh area native, Miles Sanders, and, and we brought up Saquon Barkley also, you know, as backup at Penn State. Um, yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders is basically their best deep threat last year after Deshaun got hurt after the first game. So if they can kind of get him a little bit more involved, um, he was there for some big plays against the Bengals. It was just that Carson Wentz overthrew him. There could like Miles Sanders could have had at least one touchdown, another big play down the field. So I definitely think uh, that is something they will be looking to do. You know, if the Steelers are going to have issues with that, because Sanders kind of hasn't really had that major game yet. And I think it's kind of time for them to kind of wake up and be like, Hey, let's get this guy the ball. Let's force feed it to him. Uh, let's, uh, and I don't mean the running game, but let's, let's see if he can make some plays in the passing game. So uh, it's not going to be pretty again. There, there's no way where they're just, you know, moving up and down the field all day against this Steelers offense, but maybe they try to get the ball out quick and negate that Steelers pass rush. And again, try to get it to Sanders and see if he can kind of make things happen. Now, Brandon, on uh, on that offensive side, of course, Zach Ertz is someone we uh, touched on a little bit earlier. Um, he, from everything that I, I've kind of seen, uh, has kind of 
I guess in a sense, been at odds with the organization, wanting more targets, wanting a new contract. Obviously, uh, Dallas Goddard getting getting injured. He, he was someone that uh, early in the season, I do believe, was getting targeted more than Zach Ertz even was. With him going down, do you kind of expect Zach Ertz, his production to kind of increase? Uh, and, and do you think uh, this kind of issue with Zach Ertz and the organization kind of fizzles out uh, with this kind of forced uh, increase in production in the offense? Yeah, I mean, he should just because, you know, Goddard isn't there and Goddard was the Eagles leading receiver, uh, you know, before he got hurt here. So, um, but then again, you know, you look at Ertz's performance last week and he was like three for or four for like nine or, or 11. It was just like incredibly unproductive and not what we usually see. And part of the problem there is like, okay, they can say he's being doubled or taken away, but guess what? Like the Eagles were playing the 49ers. And George Kittle was like clearly their biggest weapon. And they were trying to double him and do a lot of things on him. And George Kittle still had like 186 yards and 15 receptions and a touchdown too. So, uh, you know, Zertz just clearly isn't that kind of same player. He's very good. I'm not trying to say he's bad, but he's just not that elite level, especially like not a guy who's going to make uh, plays after the catch. It's not his game at all. His his game is route running. He knows how to get open. He knows how to work leverage. Uh, and he kind of he's reliable, obviously. And that's that's why Carson Wentz loves to throw to him so much. So um, you know, I, I would think they try to look to get him more involved because he has not been involved to where probably he wants to be, and then where to uh, you know obviously the team wants to be as well. And in going forward with the the contract thing, it's really an interesting situation because you know uh, Ertz wants this new deal but he has two years left on his contract and the Eagles shouldn't really be in a rush to pay him when you have a young, cheap, affordable tight end in Dallas Goddard who could replace him. So it's it's an interesting dynamic. And again, for Ertz, I said it earlier in the show, but if he's going to come in and demand this new contract, well, he has to play up to it too. And he's really not doing that right now. He's underperforming. So you would think he would have a bigger role with Goddard out and him kind of needing to step it up, but I mean, he's gonna have to—he's gonna have to, you know, prove it. He's gonna have to prove that he can still be that guy for this team because recently it really hasn't been the case. He made a big catch in that Bengals game uh, late in the game, so we know Zach Hurts is still in there. But like, let's see it—you know, let's see the offense run through him. Now, Brian, in the last couple of years, uh, the Steelers kind of struggle in the slot and against kind of big body receivers, tight ends. Do you foresee uh, the Steelers having some sort of issues with the Zach Ertz this week? And why exactly do they struggle with these kind of these bigger type guys? I still do think that they're going to struggle um, with all due respect to what Brandon's saying. We have seen guys like this torch this team a lot, especially a bigger receiver. And that is one of the Steelers Achilles heel, heels on defense. Um, you're going to see you're going to see. Mr. Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds, working up, trying to work on him. You don't want to, you're not going to have Vince Williams on the field as much as it was alluded to on the live chat. If they're not running the ball, he's our best run defender. But as far as that goes, he is a liability in, uh, in pass coverage. And Devin Bush, for as fantastic as he's been against the run, um, against smaller receivers, he has not been. Uh, he struggled with a guy like Noah Fant. He uh, he struggles against some of the bigger tight ends. So that could be that could be something you'd worry about. Um, he's Ertz is a guy that, uh, and as Brandon just put in the uh, in the live chat, he's a chain mover, and that's something that kills the Steelers. I mean, those uh, those constant first downs. He doesn't have to. This guy doesn't have to go for thirty. He just needs to go for eight 
on third and eight or third and seven. He just needs to move the chains and that could break the Steelers back. And he's the kind of guy that could do that. Bush is, is not a, uh, he struggles against those, those taller receivers, those taller tight ends. So that's something that uh, they tried to remedy when they were getting a, gosh, every year they were getting manhandled by Gronk when they played the Patriots. So that's something that they thought they were going to be able to, to take care of when they drafted Bush. Bush was still a good draft pick. Bush is still going to be the future of on that defense. But right now, it's a little bit of a liability when you're talking about covering that big tight end. So even if he's lost a step, he's still going to uh, have some su- success against the Steelers. And if we were doing a fantasy spotlight here, the one guy on the Eagles that I'm going to go ahead and put my fan duel money on, it's probably going to be Zach Ertz. Right now, Brandon, I'm curious to, to know uh, your opinion and kind of uh, m- maybe all, all kind of Eagles fans' opinion on uh, the Steelers' re- like offensive skill positions, I should say. Uh, which one of these guys kind of worries you the most? Um, and, and kind of uh, what kind of what kind of position uh, type, like archetype player, uh, is someone that uh, kind of hurts this defense the most? Well, I think the interesting thing about the Steelers is that it almost reminds me of the 2017 Eagles, where they didn't really have this one dominant, you know, superstar that they kind of fed the offense through. They really spread it around, and ideally, that's what they like to do if they can. I see the Steelers having a similar setup now. It's not just like one guy who you really is just the superstar there. It's a lot of different guys. Big Big Ben can kind of you know pick and choose where he wants to go with, and that almost works against you know the Eagles when they go out and they they put uh, you know premium resources into getting Darius Slay, you know, a shutdown corner. I, I wonder really who's he who's going to cover this week, or even if he's going to follow someone around the formation like he kind of usually does you know against these just bona fide number one wide receivers so definitely interested to see that um i I think all those guys can hurt the eagles i mean obviously um slay has been playing well so i think whoever he ends up covering will not have the best day but i mean the the situation there is thin right now where the eagles had jalen mills starting at safety to begin the year and they've had to put him back at cornerback now and now he played well against the 49ers but i don't think the 49ers really have the best outside wide receivers to challenge him uh mills is definitely susceptible to getting beat deep because he can be a little bit too aggressive on some of those underneath stuff and he likes to bite on that so I think if you kind of put up, if you match him up with speed, uh, maybe it's a Deontay Johnson. Maybe, you know, he's getting beat down the field and getting towards a certain point there. So uh, that's definitely something to look out for. Just, you know, him, DeMille's being a little too bit aggressive. And then another interesting thing here going on at the Eagles secondary. And tell me Wednesday, I don't really know how exactly how it's going to play out yet. But Rodney McLeod, Eagles starting safety, free safety, um, who had a really good game against the 49ers, probably his best in a long time. And he was very active. He was flying around the field. I mean, he's hurt now. He missed practice on Wednesday uh, with a hamstring injury, and the Eagles protected two of their practice squad safeties this week, which kind of tells me that that could be an issue, and they might have to call up those young guys to play. So this secondary kind of banged up right now. I think, again, anyone basically not covered by Slay might be able to find some success here. Right. Now, um, uh, Brian, uh, the, the Steelers kind of receiving core, as Brandon uh, alluded to, has really spread the ball out a lot. Um, a lot of names have uh, featured uh, quite uh, prevalently uh, throughout the early part of the season. But I- I'm curious to know who's the one kind of Steelers offensive skill player that you kind of want to see a little bit more out of uh, in this uh, in this game here. 
I want to see more out of Juju Smith-Schuster. Hmm. The the benefit that they do have, though, and we saw this uh, two weeks ago in, against the Houston Texans, it was amazing because when Deontay Johnson went down, a lot of people were were worried. There's like, oh no, this is going to be a huge chasm for Ben in the passing game. They didn't miss a beat. the The primary concern was the fact: is this kid okay? That's really what the concern was because everybody picked it up. And this is a very unselfish receiving unit. And I talked about it earlier when I was talking about the uh, good old days of uh, Antonio Brown. Um, and good old days, I'm, I'm facetious, let's just say the uh, good old days of Gummy Richards. That's uh, kind of our one of our nicknames for Antonio on here. Um, but, you know, what I'm saying here is I want to see Juju break out. And when Juju breaks out, it's kind of infectious. And everybody seems to follow that lead. Of course, we're going to see Eric Ebron get more opportunities. He's opening up a lot of uh, opportunities for the wide receivers as well. And Vance McDonald's very important to this team still. Because when they're both on the field, if Ebron's covered, Vance could hurt you. And that's the way it is with all of these receivers. I think these these is really one of the best units as far as unselfishness and uh, more opportunities for Ben to thrive. Right. Now, one of the names you mentioned, Brian, was Eric Ebron. And I'm curious to know, uh, Brian, your thoughts on Eric Ebron. Of course, uh, when he first started his career, uh, he was in the Eagles division. Uh, he's grown. I'd say he's grown a lot as a player. But uh, kind of your thoughts playing against him uh, years prior versus uh, playing him uh, this Sunday. Yeah, so I mean, the Eagles have struggled with tight ends here. I mean, that was apparent last week when you know George Kittle went off. Um, Tyler Higby was a big problem for the Eagles in Week Two against the Rams. Um, it's an issue. I mean, even Logan Thomas in Week One, former quarterback, converted into a tight end, has had su- success against the Eagles. So, and that's that's a really big concern right now. Is the Eagles linebackers? They are just not getting it done. Mm-hmm. There's a guy on the Eagles defense. It's number 47, so keep an eye on that, Steelers fans. You'll probably notice him. His name is Nate Gary, and he is drawing a lot of ire from Eagles fans right now who would like to see him off the team and cut and benched and just anywhere not on the field because Nate Gary has uh, made some plays in the past. He can be aggressive, but he's also out of position a lot. And Jim Schwartz, the Eagles defensive coordinator, will defend him, but a lot of Eagles fans will not agree with that assessment. And we we saw some issues uh, in the 49ers game. There was a play early in the game where uh, their their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, was just like wide open and potentially for a touchdown all the way down, like a you know, a 60, 70 yard play. And you know, Nick Mullins just overthrew it. So the Eagles got bailed out there. So yeah, that, that's gonna be definitely gonna be an issue. Uh, obviously, Ebron has been a monster in the red zone before. What was it last year, a couple of years ago? He had all those touchdowns. Um, just yeah, that's definitely gonna be a matchup to watch is how the Eagles linebackers who have been struggling and they they just lost one of their uh, better ones who have been playing well, TJ Edwards. Um, not the best coverage guy in general, but he, he's done some nice things and he's he's obviously better against the run. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's not, it's, it's a position group. That's a big concern. And I think Steelers fans are going to notice Nate Gary in a good way for Steelers. Not so good for the. Now, Brian, uh, Gil Brandt earlier today released his kind of top five for uh, defense player of the year rankings. Uh, TJ Watt was number three on that list. I, I think a little, a little has to do with some recency bias, obviously not playing, uh, loses his league, uh, league leading sack total. 
what do you kind of see out of him in this game? Uh, he he potentially has a, a, a big role ahead of him, uh, considering the matchups and, and injury problems. What, what do you kind of expect to see out of TJ in this one? Real quick, I didn't see Brant's list. Um, I would assume Miles Garrett would be up there. Who's who, one? DeForest who Buckner was two out of Buckner. Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. You know, I mean, the two very solid players. I think uh, right now, my thought was when Nick Bosa went down, that TJ became a favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I just really love what he's doing. He is becoming the heart and soul of that defense. And the Steelers are lucky because they've got a few heart and souls of that defense. Uh, Cam Hayward being one of them as well. Um, you have the potential in uh, Bush and uh, and Fitzpatrick being having that role as well. But it's, it's a very strong defense, but it really goes through TJ Watt right now. And we talked about earlier how, you know, if Dupree doesn't kill you, you are going to get mauled by TJ Watt. I would have, you know, I am not one to complain about officials very often. Um, I would I would like to say, though, that against the Houston Texans, Watt could have had a couple more sacks. He was, uh, he was held a quite a bit. And they're not, you know, they're not calling holding as much this year. In fact, I think the average last year that I read this week was uh, 2.4, and it's about 1.2 holding penalties per game now. So that stat, that uh, that penalty is not being called as much, but I still think that uh, with the Steelers scheme, with all of those guys coming at you, it's still going to give TJ Watt an opportunity to get to the quarterback if if uh, Watt doesn't. Excuse me, if Wentz does not elude them. Now, Brandon, uh, how is Philadelphia going to kind of defend against TJ? Is this going to be uh, some one-on-one matchups with Lane Johnson? Is this going to be chips from tight ends? Or would we see more running backs kind of stepping up to uh, to lend a hand? Or uh, how are they defending against TJ? Yeah, I think all of the above. I mean, part of the lack in production from Zach Ertz, in fairness to him, talking about that earlier, I think has been there keeping him in more. And now, you know, he's not the best blocking tight end. He's not, you know, anything like a George Kittle again. Um, but, I mean, they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to keep guys in because, again, it's Jordan Mailata out there on the left side. It is uh, either a hobbled Lane Johnson or a rookie Jack Driscoll on the right side. So, yeah, you're going to have to keep a tight end at tight end in at times you're gonna have to keep miles sanders in at times and because he's pretty good typically in pass protection they can kind of count on him there or at the very least he's much better than Corey clement and boston scott or the eagles backup running backs behind miles sanders so so yeah they're gonna have to do everything and now again i think jeff stoutland the eagles offensive line coach has a good track record of kind of figuring this thing out and coming up with good plans for this so i i have some level of confidence they're gonna be prepared but i mean you can have all the preparation you want uh, against this number one Steelers uh, pass rush, and it, it might not be good enough because they're just going to dominate and they're going to win their reps. And I, I really fear that you know Carson Wentz, who has had fumbling issues. I mean, he's fumbled a lot, way too much. He, you know, because he, he likes to stand there back in the pocket, almost like uh, a certain Steelers quarterback kind of likes to do that at times and kind of and make things happen. Um, but yeah, so I kind of fear he's going to be hold on to that ball, trying to make a play, especially because the offense might struggle 
at times to kind of get that big play if they're kind of going to go station to station all game long. And it could be that one time where Wentz tries to hold on, try to extend something, take a shot down the field, and all of a sudden, you know, the ball's coming out of his hands. Someone's, you know, hitting him from behind or or maybe from the front. Who knows? But, but yeah, that's definitely going to be a huge concern, I, I think, for as well as the of a plan that the Eagles might be able to draw up, it just might not matter if the Steelers are going to be able to execute. Now, Brennan, right back to you on, on this. Fletcher Cox, is he still one of the best defensive linemen in football? He's certainly being paid like one. Uh, I, I don't think we're seeing enough production in that regard. I don't think he is bad by any means. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, con- don't confuse that. He's definitely not like done or anything, but I don't know that he's elite anymore. And, I think Fletcher Cox does a lot of things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet in fairness to him. Um, but when you're playing a player or you're paying a player like the Eagles are with him, where he's like counting for their highest cap hit on the team, 22.8 million. And he's not, you know, giving you the production in addition to the things he's not doing that show up on the, that don't show up on the stat sheet. I mean, like you need that, you need that. And I think he went without even having a single stat of any kind in last week's 49ers game. And now that's not really the biggest issue when the whole defensive line is having success and maybe he's helping free those other guys up. So you're not really going to kill him for that. But um, and especially if you win, but you know, if there's going to be losses here and he's not showing up, I mean, yeah, that makes me wonder. I, honestly, you know, if the Eagles can, things continue to go bad for them, and it could here because they're one, in, they're one, two, and one. They have the Steelers up this week. They have the Ravens up next week. They could easily be one, four, and one very soon. I mean, Fletcher Cox is a player I would be looking to sell at the trade deadline if they're going to be bad. You know, I got to say, Brandon. Um, I have flashbacks, and I'm sure Ben has flashbacks to 2016 with Fletcher Cox just destroying him in week three. Um, Even Brandon Graham, those guys were just killing the Steelers in that game. I'm just thankful that this game is not in Philadelphia, because I don't know if you know this, but the Steelers have not won in the city of brotherly love since 1965. I do know that they are perfect eight and zero. I do know that stat because I remember that game. I'm sitting there in the press box, and it's part of why I'm wearing the Wawa hat tonight. I said, you know, the Eagles beating the Steelers and and just dominating them like that is definitive proof that Wawa is better than Sheets. Sorry to all the people in the comments. Ooh, and, wow, that's yeah, a, the Vinny Vega bold statement. I wow. I, I tell you what, I'm actually a fan of Wawa. I mean, they're I live oh, in man. Maryland, and and they're they're popping up here. But I grew up on Sheets. I grew up in Western PA, so you know. That's uh, that's like calling my baby ugly. The fighting word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Brian, I- I'm curious to know, if you could pluck one person off the Eagles roster and throw them on the Steelers, who's that one player going to be? Well, as the podcast producer and uh, the producer of Steelers Touchdown Under, it would be Jordan Mailata just to hear the uh, our Aussies talk about uh, – to talk about him all day long because uh, we lost Jordan Berry, our Australia, um, Australian player. So uh, I don't know, Brandon, I don't know if you know this, but on Saturdays we have touchdown under with two Australian Steeler fans doing a weekly show. So I'm sure they're going to be loving talking about my Lotta now uh, playing Australian rugby, but you know, I digress. I, I would probably, if I'm plucking a guy off of this roster, you know, I didn't really have time to think about this, but it would probably be um, Maddox. I would I would probably take Maddox um, from the secondary. I know uh, Mike Tomlin was talking about him a good bit in the uh, the press conference the other day because he's he's had experience watching him playing at Pitt, 
and uh, sharing the facility with him. And I really think that he is a dynamic young defender, and I'd probably plug him in. On the offensive side, you know, I mean, I'm going to go with the Penn State guy. We just went with a Pitt guy, but Miles Sanders. I would probably bring Miles in. Brandon, uh, same question to you off the Steelers roster to the Eagles. Uh, yeah, so I think – I mean, I have to take T.J. Watt, right? I mean, We're five he, for five for, on that. Yeah, I mean, I, who was the other answer? I mean, I know the Eagles' pass rush is playing well right now, so it's kind of like adding to his strength. But, I mean, you know, I'll take him, and, and I love Brandon Graham. And I and I think Derek Barnett did some good things last week. But, I mean, I would just figure it out. You know, get that guy in there, more sacks, just dominate. Um, I think it has to be the answer easily on defense. Offense, you know, I'm thinking about a lot of different directions here. You know, I like Juju, um, but I, I also kind of wonder if, you know, what Juju is, you know, yet, yet the production hasn't been there this year. Um, and the Eagles, I, I don't know that they need another slot guy as much right now as they need speed. So I, I almost want to say Deontay Johnson here. Um, I, I, <laughs> they, they definitely need speed. Uh, I, I was thinking about him. Uh, I could go with former Eagles offensive tackle. Well, actually, it was a defensive end for them at one point. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva, you know, the Eagles definitely uh, could use some help on the offensive line. But Jordan Mailata is playing well. Um, in addition to Jordan Mailata, by the way, for that that podcast you have here down under, um, the Eagles punter is also an Australian as well. So there you go, Cameron Johnson. You can you can throw him into the mix. He's, he's doing really well, actually, this season. So, uh, so yeah, I guess I'm going to uh, – so I give you a bunch of names there, but it's TJ Watt in defense, and I guess I'm going to take Deontay Johnson on offense. Perfect. Now, Brian, uh, I know we're getting to the top of the hour here. Do you have any uh, questions for Brennan? Yeah, one one thing. We talked about 1965. We talked about even the Steelers and the Eagles when they're playing. It's, it seems like it's uh, been even when they're playing in Pittsburgh. I was fortunately at the uh, the 2004 game when, uh, in fact, we just talked about that on the Steelers Retro Show the other night. Uh, go ahead and stream that on all your favorite places to download a podcast. Um, the Steelers Retro Show talking about 2004 and the demise of the relationship of uh, Donovan McNabb and uh, 1TO. But uh, my question to you, Brandon, is do the Eagles kind of look like look at the Steelers as a little brother in the state of Pennsylvania? Because they, they seem to own them quite a bit. Um, I always think that's interesting because I think there's a conversation. It's like, is there an Eagles-Steelers rivalry? And to me, there there really isn't. I think there is more so for people that live like middle Pennsylvania, like Penn State, like like people I know in the Philly area here that went to Penn State, you know, like they kind of can't stay in the Steelers more because they have to deal with, you know, Steelers fans out there in the middle of PA, I guess a little bit more um, than I would necessarily out here in Philly. So uh, to me, there's never been, I also have family from out West, uh, like, 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 Acme, PA, um, you know, like way out there in in uh, Western Pennsylvania. So uh, I've always kind of had like a respect for the Steelers. I, they're not a team that I think is a rival. And obviously being in a different conference, you know, diffuses things there. But it's interesting though, right? Because I mean, you have the Flyers and the Penguins and obviously I hate the Penguins. That's a big rivalry there. But when, <laughs> when it comes to football, it's, you know, it's just not the same. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't say little brother, especially, you know, the Steelers having more Super Bowl success by far and everything. But uh it's interesting, you know. It's, it's interesting that these teams only play every one four year, or every four years or so. I'm I'm really disappointed we didn't get the Keystone Bowl back in what was it like 2008 um, when the Eagles they lost yeah. the Cardinals. Yeah, and obviously you know the Steelers uh, go on to beat them in that Super Bowl. I think that would have been a really good matchup that year. Eagles Steelers that would have been fun to see. We didn't get to see it. 
I'm more disappointed about not getting the uh, the Keystone Bowl in 2004 because the Steelers lost in that AFC Championship game. So that was a possibility, to, you know, twice. And they, ironically, they played each other in both those years. That's right. Yeah, that's true. How about that? You know, the, the NFL is moving to a 17-game schedule. I propose that uh, there'd be like a, a cross-conference kind of local rivalry. Yearly matchup, Pittsburgh-Philadelphia, I, I would welcome that if that was the 17th game every single year. I would thoroughly enjoy that. Um, as we're getting to the top here, I want to make sure we get to everyone's game predictions on this, uh, their final score prediction. So, Brandon, why don't we start with you on this one? What, uh, what do you think the final score in this game is going to be? Yeah, I think this is just a tough spot for the Eagles. You know, I, I don't think that 49ers game showed them that they're they're back by any means. The Steelers are seven point favorites in this one. The Eagles typically do well when they're underdogs and everyone counts them out. So I'd be I'd I'd take caution with that just because when they get to a spot where like no one thinks they can win, that is when like when they're invincible and they can win somehow. It's just unfortunate they have to dig that hole for themselves all the time. Um, so, but that aside, I, I just think you know, the Steelers defense is just going to give this offense that can't score already so many problems. And I think the offense the Steelers offense is just going to be able to, to do enough because they're going to be big Ben's going to be able to spread the ball around um so I, I definitely think it's an Eagles loss and obviously with the buy factor too the Steelers are Steelers only have two players on IR the Eagles whole roster is basically on IR and if they're not on IR they're hurt in some other way so I just think everything is working in Pittsburgh's favor in this game I will take the Steelers to win by a score of 24 to 10. Brian what are you thinking on this one you know what? I'm I'm going to get in trouble for this because I'm supposed to save the prediction for the Steelers preview tomorrow night <laughs> and also for the pregame. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, call this a Steelers victory. I'm still cautious about this. There's there's a little bit of doubt in there, and I worry because that's just I'm becoming that pe- pessimistic old guy, the guy uh, waving his fist at clouds. But Really what I'm thinking here is I don't think it's going to be the blowout that everybody thinks it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot closer. The Steelers are not blowing out teams right now. So I'm going to go ahead and say 26 to 16 in favor of the Steelers. And myself winding this out, I think uh, I think I read this morning that the Steelers are one of, if not the only team that has, hasn't put up 30 points in a game yet this year with scoring up. I think it ends this week. Uh, I'm going to go with 31-17, two-score game in favor of the Steelers. We'll see how it goes. Um, Brandon, as we head out here, do you have anything uh, you want to plug to the people? Yeah, just check out bleedinggreennation.com. You can follow all the Eagles coverage there. You know, get familiarized with the Steelers opponent this week. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. You can also check out uh, national show on SB Nation. That's the SB Nation NFL show feed on wherever podcasts are available. I do a podcast on Tuesdays called Off Day Debrief, aka the Oddcast. So, uh, so national stuff. We talk about the Steelers on there, in addition to uh, every other team. So it's fun. So go check that out. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. All Thank you. Pleasure. Brian, before we head out, do you have anything you want to plug, sir? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and check out tomorrow morning the uh, Stat Geek Show with uh, co-editor Dave Schofield on the show. Be sure to download this show if you did not catch the beginning of it, because really, you don't want to look at these three guys while you're driving down the highway. That's just dangerous. Uh, so you don't want to do that. But coming up this weekend... Lots of great stuff. The Steeler preview tomorrow night on YouTube. Then the next, the following day, 
you could go ahead and download that. As always, check out Jeff Hartman and Let's Ride. That is becoming the uh, morning staple. You have to have that with your Sheets breakfast, not your Wawa coffee, but your Sheets breakfast. Check that out as well. And uh, don't forget about Steelers Brunch with Tony, Touchdown Under, and then next week, the live mic on Tuesdays. I can't figure I can't forget about that. Oh, you can't. <laughs> and make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, uh, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Know Your Enemy for Week 5. For Brandon and Brian, I'm Michael Beck. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.